Hi, this is Kevin McCullough. Thanks for listening to the Christian Outlook podcast, where we cover today's issues from a perspective that honors your Christian faith. Our podcast is brought to you through a partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I trust you'll enjoy. Say a best friend undermines you. A spouse is in... um, engages in infidelity, a relative steals from your family. Betrayal strikes at the core of our capacity to trust. It crushes our belief that a person we love could hurt us. Well, in a little book called Rebuilding Trust After Betrayal, Dr. Gregory Jans, he offers expert advice for people wondering, can this relationship be saved? Well, Dr. Jans takes you step by step through how to rebuild trust after betrayal. The same healing grace that knits broken bones and restores us to strength after illness is well able to reconcile wounded hearts and renew love for one another. Well, Dr. Gregory Jans is the founder of The Center, a place of hope in Edmonds, Washington. He was voted a top 10 facility for depression treatment in the United States. Dr. Jans pioneered whole person care in the 1980s and is a world-renowned expert on depression, anxiety, eating disorders, technology, addiction, and abuse. He is an innovator in the treatment of mental health, utilizing a variety of therapies, including nutrition, sleep therapy, spiritual counseling, and advanced DBT technology. Dr. Jans is a best-selling author of 40 books, and a go-to media authority on mental and behavioral health afflictions, appearing on a number of uh, national networks. Well, today we have him right here on KPDQ to talk about his very helpful uh, little book, Rebuilding Trust After Betrayal, Hope and Help for Broken Relationships. Dr. Jans, thanks so much for uh, joining us once again. Hey, it's good to hear your voice and to be with you today. It's, It's a hard topic. It is a hard topic, and yet it's one that will touch virtually all of our lives at one point or another. What led you to take up this topic at this time to help us kind of walk through what can be one of the most painful events in uh, the life of a relationship? Well, I think there is a lot of distrust out there. There's been a lot of hurt. And as you're right, most of us can really relate to this. We've all had a situation where maybe we thought we had a super trusting friend or a loved one, and something happened, and the word I'll use is traumatic. It was traumatic, and it was betrayal, and trust was broken. And betrayal is one of those emotions that throws you into shock. It's like, what? And and then you go from shock to anger to disbelief to feeling enraged, feeling depressed, and it, it's the whole range of emotions. Yes, and it, it comes ahead. in different forms. Please go on. No, I just betrayal comes in different forms. Sometimes we think in terms of fidelity in a marriage, that's certainly betrayal, but it could be a broken trust in a relationship, maybe an employer. Um, or something happened in the workplace where there was betrayal. You suggest that betrayal is a form of trauma and that trauma is never compartmentalized, that it spills out in all directions and it affects us in ways that we may not even be fully aware. Exactly. Because it may teach us. Here's, you know, here's the, Georgine, the issue. It may teach us not to trust people. Mm-hmm. Nobody, I can't trust anybody and therefore I won't. And we kind of have that position. And we end up being uh, handicapped in relationships. Uh, We don't allow ourselves to have close or intimate relationships anymore because I'm going to be betrayed. It happened to me before. And so we put up all these guards 
because we don't want to ever experience that pain again. Reconciliation, is that the ultimate goal when there has been betrayal? Uh, What do we seek at the end of the experience that somehow reconciles the the events that uh, have traumatized us? What's the goal? Well, let me say that reconciliation is not always possible, and it probably is not really the end goal, because uh, sometimes a person, maybe that you've been really hurt, but maybe they turn it and they blame you. They go, well, I wouldn't have done that. It was really your fault. You caused me to do that behavior. And so the tables got turned, and uh, so that's not reconciliation. And you've just got re-victimized. So the goal is not to carry around that pain where it turns into resentment, it turns into embitterment, and where it's really self-destructive to you. That's the goal, to be free of that, which requires forgiveness. It does require forgiveness, which it seems to me is sort of a, a supernatural thing, given the depth of some levels of, of betrayal. You write about the aftershock of betrayal. What should we expect, kind of the fallout as we're living through the, the fallout and are even contemplating what to do next? Well, as we live through it, and, and let me just say, um, take a pause allow the time, there's a grieving, there's a grieving of a loss of a relationship, and be careful. Our our tendency is to do something that's self-destructive, uh, turn to alcohol, turn to misuse of prescription drugs, escape in some form of unhealthy behavior because we want to feel a different way. That's one thing. And the other is really to understand I'm going to grow through this, and with God's help, I'm going to grow stronger, and I am not going to pick up that excess luggage of hurt and resentment and carry that into my future. Those are decisions. Sometimes we need help with that. It's so overwhelming, and just we need help to figure out how to do that, and that's where an appropriate uh, counselor could step in. But we need to remember, wow, I am not going to let this be poisoned to my future. You refer to the foundations of healthy relationships as being trust and respect. When those are gone, what's the consequence? If I don't have trust in you, I will not have a close relationship. I will have suspicion. I will probably, if I don't have trust, I'm going to be on the blame side probably. And I don't have anything solid to stand on. If I have trust, I have the confidence to know that even, let's say, with a spouse, okay, uh, I'm going to have the courage to tell the truth because I know my spouse loves me. I don't have to have the fear of rejection. My spouse, if I made a mistake, I may, and maybe it hurts, but um, I have the strength of the relationship, and I am going to build on that by telling the truth. What are the essential ingredients for rebuilding trust after betrayal? That has to be one of the most difficult things to do because you presumably had trust before the betrayal and the possibility of of future disappointment always looms. Where do you start? 
Yeah, where do you start? Oh, and it can, first of all, it can feel so overwhelming. I'm over. No, I really can't have um, a relationship. It just feels so overwhelming. Well, one is we do have to put some time, allow some time to pass, but we've got to keep ourselves growing, keep ourselves in a growth mindset, keep ourselves growing spiritually. Um, and as you trust your relationship with Christ, it's going to allow you to build into other people's lives. As you take, and I think sometimes they're baby steps, they're small risk, as you plug into a group, um, perhaps a, a, a group that could be appropriate um, for you, as you begin to re-socialize, okay? Because if we're hurt, we pull away from people. We tend to isolate and we tend to pull away. And I'm really saying, you know what? Okay, you're wounded and we need healing, but I have to also re-engage and re-engage in relationships. We had a, a question from a caller who asked, if you suspect a loved one, a spouse, for example, is involved in activity that is uh, betrayal, but is unwilling to acknowledge it or to admit it, what's the the right course to take? This can be very uh, challenging when we're not sure if we're the victim of betrayal, but we suspect. Yeah. And one of the things that happens is we develop a high suspicion. And I think one of the things then um, we need to be very careful because um, we want to make sure that we're not living in such a hyper-anxiety state that we start to see things that are not there. That can happen too. But there comes a time where we need to voice and confront our concerns. And there's a time where you say, I'm noticing some things. Um, Can I talk to you about it? So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to ask for permission to talk about it. The next thing I'm going to do is be careful how I choose my words. but I can believe that um, I'm concerned that I'm seeing some things and I need to talk to you about it. Can you tell me what's going on? Now, you probably noticed that the second question was not a yes or no question. My first question was, I'm asking permission to talk about something. The person will say yes. My second question is a question, of, can you please help me understand and tell me what is going on? And and I I'm going to pause and listen, and they, maybe maybe somebody starts to confess something. I'm not going to interrupt them. I'm going to let them talk, and I'm going to continue asking questions. Be careful about why questions. Why or how could you ever do this? Um, continue to ask questions um, that really uh, gather more information. Like, um, can you tell me anything more about this? And just at first, our goal is to listen. And sometimes there's denial, and sometimes we get truth in small, small teaspoons of truth, and the full truth doesn't come till later. Um, But make sure as well that you have somebody that you can talk to. Is it a counselor? Is it a pastor? Somebody that is in your court that also can give you feedback. Uh, We don't want to go this alone. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, how can a victim of betrayal ever know for sure if a betrayer has genuinely changed? There's always that, and you sort of referenced that in your answer, 
to the uh, listener's question, but there can be that nagging doubt. How is it possible to to know for sure that a betrayer has genuinely changed? Or is that the goal? Well, um, the betrayer who asks for forgiveness, number two, will show remorse. And number three is willing to do whatever it takes to rebuild trust, including the time necessary. When I have sincere remorse, and I, whatever it may be, maybe I know need to go and get some help. Uh, maybe I'm, I need to be committed to some Christian counseling. Maybe I've got to uh, do some things that are going to rebuild trust over time. It's not instantly given. In fact, you write about um, healing as a process rather than an event. There is no magic pill. It's a process that can be difficult, challenging, but it will take time. Absolutely. It will take time. And it will take um, time, and there will probably be bumps in the road. Because remember, betrayal, there's the initial going through everything and the initial shock, and then three months pass, and you think, oh, I'm, I'm over it, and then those emotions hit you again. And you go, wow, where did that come from? Because uh, betrayal, there can be people, situations, but things that re-trigger, and really it's that post-traumatic stress that's being re-triggered. You refer to um, uh, the fact that betrayal never happens in a vacuum. What do you mean by that? And are you suggesting that the person who has been betrayed bears some responsibility? Can you explain what you meant by that? Well, there is usually more to the story, okay? It never excuses wrong behavior. Um, And we, a person who made it, let's say a person made a decision, they had an affair, that's always wrong. That's never, ever right. Um, now, there may be some things that led up to that, but that was still a decision that person made and not a healthy or right decision. That in mind, we need to remember that um, there were some things that happened that led up to that betrayal. Unmet needs. Uh, maybe something happened in the past to this person. Uh, there was a vulnerability. So it just doesn't happen instantly and all at once. How important are choosing good boundaries in uh, moving forward in a relationship? Very important. Boundaries are uh, part of the guardrails that keep us healthy. It's part of the guardrails that will keep us healthy. And what we're saying by that is, We need to protect ourselves, and a boundary is not about punishing. It's uh, boundaries can be confusing. A boundaries is about uh, keeping a relationship clean. A boundary is about uh, not allowing things that are inappropriate to enter in. So keep keep that in mind. And by the way, um, we always if we don't work through betrayal, it will lead us down a path of resentment, unforgiveness, and bitterness. It's not a good path to stay on. If we deal with, and we'll regret it, if we deal and work through the painful, painful process of betrayal, um, we will grow stronger and we will not regret it. We're talking about the book Rebuilding Trust After Betrayal, Hope and Help for Broken Relationships. And my guest is Dr. Gregory Jans. 
Um, he is uh, the author of some 40 books, host of a national radio program, regular contributor to Psychology Today, and much, much more. He's also the founder of The Center, A Place of Hope in Edmonds, Washington. What advice do you give about regaining emotional equilibrium, and what does that look like? Yeah, emotional, that's that's getting rebalanced. That's getting renewed. That's getting reset, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a process. That's um, doing a checkpoint is anger, fear, and guilt. Uh, are those toxic emotions? Am I dealing with those appropriately? So, yes, we can do this. Um, those are the three deadly emotions that you have to look for when there's been betrayal. A lot of anger, rage. Does it keep coming back? Uh, do I get full of anxiety and fear that I'm staying away from people in relationships? Uh, or am I carrying a lot of guilt that this whole thing was my problem? That's called false guilt. Our, our listeners um, who are in the midst of discovering a betrayal, who are uh, trying to recover from uh, and restore a relationship, as you mentioned earlier, not all situations warrant the rebuilding of trust, but in cases where the uh, the situation, the relationship warrants um, reconciliation, how can they find your book and help in, to, in their efforts to rebuild relationship? Well, um, should be, the book should be available wherever your favorite books are. <laughs> so, and visit me at aplaceofhope.com. That's another way you can get a book, aplaceofhope.com. Well, I so appreciate your making resources like this available uh, to help people think through and ultimately walk through a situation that can be very painful and, as you point out, traumatizing, but are recoverable. And also how to apply wisdom in a situation to determine whether or not rebuilding trust is warranted, because, as you point out, there are situations where that may not uh, be the case. Uh, Thank you so much for your work and for talking with us today about your latest on rebuilding trust after betrayal. Good to be with you today. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Again, the book is uh, available, um, and it's published by Aspire Press. It should be easily available, but you can also be in touch with uh, Dr. Jans for more information about the work that he is doing and other resources that might be helpful. Thanks for listening to Christian Outlook. Our program is coming to you today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy our podcast, take a moment and tell a friend to subscribe today. If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is frustrating. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65+. Plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. Well, MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. And it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access from the comfort of your home. Very worth looking into during Medicare open enrollment, which ends December 7th. If you join right now, your second month share will be free. 
So don't miss this chance. Call 833-SHARE-24. That's 833-S-H-A-R-E-24. 833-SHARE-24.